Welcome back, Wildcat Faithful, to the Wildcat Radio Podcast. My name is Ronnie Stoffel, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Adam Green. Adam, what's new in your world, buddy? Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. You know, just gearing up for the holidays and uh, just uh, ready to, uh, I guess, re- re- ready ready for conference play, I guess, huh? You know, after the Alabama game, we only really have one more headlining team, I guess you could say, in non-conference. So bring on conference play, I guess. Yeah, I guess if we think the Cats are ready. <laughs> you know, a week <laughs> ago, we thought they were on their way to being ready. And I don't know if that Alabama game changes our minds so much, but certainly the Wildcats have some... They need to do some things over the next, I don't know, couple of months, few months to really feel good about their chances for the tournament. But, you know, it's been a decent non-conference up to this point, and Pac-12 is not very good. No, it's not. Um, but what's pretty interesting, and, and I always I always kind of scoff at this Joe Lenardi thing, this, this early in the season, but it's interesting because I guess he has us ranked – uh, currently is like a 10 seed or something like that. So um, I guess it, which is kind of odd in my opinion, just because what we're coming off a loss in his updated rankings have us in the tournament. Whereas before that loss, he actually had us on the outside looking in. So um, I mean, obviously a lot has to still play out here, but I guess it's at least encouraging that uh, on a national scale and, and somebody that usually does pretty well with picking all the tournament teams, you know, granted, you know, m- much later in the season, once there's a larger body of work uh somebody of his stature though is at least you know giving us a little bit of respect so i think that's cool yeah the peripherals i know arizona like their ken palm stuff a lot of these rankings have them being a pretty decent team and i understand that especially right now most of us aren't feeling like they're a great basketball team and i don't think even being a 10 seed obviously no one's thinking that they're a great basketball team but you know their numbers their statistics even of their now three losses two were to very good teams and one was at least a true road game that they played okay in so Mm -hmm. you know this team isn't i don't know if any of us really know how good they are or how good they can be but up to this point 10 games in they're i don't think any worse than we thought and maybe slightly better sure yeah no i i'm 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 pretty i i I think you have to be encouraged at this point right so um let's let's uh We'll dive into a little bit more, recap the Utah Valley game, which was a little bit of a surprise for most of that game, uh, the Alabama game. And then, of course, you know, we can look to look, look, look ahead to the Baylor game this upcoming Saturday. So um, just a couple housekeeping items. Of course, subscribe to the podcast for free iTunes, Google Play, really any of your podcast catchers will be able to pick up uh, the Wildcat Radio subscription. Also, follow uh, follow the podcast on social media at Wildcat Radio AZ on Twitter. Of course, our Wildcat Radio Facebook page as well. And uh, most importantly, the exclusive home of all of our written content podcasts, all of our uh, just just other contests, I guess, that go on throughout football season, basketball season. Uh, and, you know, as mentioned last time on the podcast, and I know thank you for everyone that participated by sharing and retweeting on the social media platforms uh, the, the podcast and receiving the invitation to to the bowl pool uh just to reiterate picks have to be in right uh friday 
You can change your picks as the listeners up. Uh, I think I think Brian had it somewhere up to like five, ten minutes before the kickoff of that game, and and uh, he will definitely be paying attention. So don't try to pull any fast ones. He's he's definitely going to be on that there. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, of course, you know you're basically going head to head with Wildcat Radio and uh, versus the listeners, right? So as far as this goes here, if you as a listener win outright, right, no ties with anyone on Wildcat Radio, but if there's an outright winner. Um, then you will have your choice between two tickets to an Arizona basketball game or an Arizona football game. So either way, uh, either way, there's going to be some good stuff coming down the pipe there. So I hope uh, good luck to everyone to participate. Of course, you can follow all of this on our website, wildcatradioaz.com. And uh, actually, too, let's just go ahead and plug Sling TV while we're there. Our sponsor, Sling TV, while you're on wildcatradioaz.com, up at the top of the screen, you will see an ad for Sling TV. Click there and receive your seven-day trial, courtesy of Wildcat Radio. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, give it a shot. Uh, obviously, with with DirecTV and Larry Scott still hating each other. I don't. I don't know what happened. Uh, still, DirecTV owners, uh, subscribers rather, they they do not have access to the Pac-12 network. So, rather than signing up for you know, Time Warner or Cox, you know, wherever you live in the country, uh, this is a, a nice little streaming service to take care of that Pac-12 itch you have, to, to scratch that Pac-12 itch you have there. So, um, Adam, that, uh, that's, that's a mouthful, so I'm glad that's out of the way. Let, let's go ahead and jump into just something real quick in the news. Uh, of course, you know, we, we touched on last time uh, all of the Pac-12 uh, first, second team, first and second team honors, uh, honorable mentions. J.J. Taylor found himself back in the news uh, this, this week since last time we recorded uh, snagging a third team all 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 American by the Associated Press for uh, the the all purpose player. I, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty sweet. I I I'm gonna really have to dig back here and find out when the last time we had a, an Arizona player make well maybe it was Scooby right, but uh, make make first, second, or third all American team. I think that's pretty big news. Yeah, I think Scooby Kadeem was on there if I remember right too. And if he yes. wasn't, then that's some sort of a crime. But no, I mean it's. You know, for, I think this kind of shows, and granted, it's just one player, and one player doesn't make a team great, but for as disappointing as this Arizona team was, it wasn't without bright spots. It wasn't without its quality play from certain guys. And, you know, unfortunately, some of the guys who play with, like, Poindexter, Sean Brown, Ellison, they're not coming back. You know, Lay Freak, mm-hmm. he's not coming back. But J.J. Taylor's one of those guys, and we talked about this last show we did when we talked about the awards that, Arizona guys, it's like most of these guys are coming back. And J.J. Taylor, you forget, he, he was just a redshirt sophomore. So yeah. he's going to be back. And whether it, <clears throat> whether he'll be the bell cow next season or he'll be returning kicks, I mean, I, I wouldn't have him returning kicks necessarily. But no. what he did, he was one of the rocks of this offense playing every single week. I mean, for his size, the durability he showed in that role, being the all-purpose guy, kick returns, running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. It's just such an impressive season from a guy who Arizona needed. You know, they don't win five games without J.J. Taylor doing what he did. So, you know, congrats to him. And, you know, they won five games this year, but it wasn't a total loss. It wasn't like this was a terrible football team. They just weren't good enough in a few games, but it had nothing to do with J.J. Taylor, that's for sure. No, he, he he was one of the brighter spots on the offense, and you know we certainly look forward to uh, to to having him back next year. And, and it's really crazy too to think, you know, like it, I, it obviously it's great for the Arizona program that he received that medical redshirt uh, his first year with that 
with that nasty looking ankle break that he had in the uh, in, in the Washington game mm-hmm. of, of the three and nine season. And I mean, honestly, that that was just following suit with how the rest of uh, the rest of the season went really with all the injuries and just just the depleted roster at that point. But uh, yeah, that 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 uh, who would have thought that that broken ankle would would end up. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully paying some dividends down the road, having a guy really develop, you know, not only for the program, but also, you know, maybe, maybe keeping those, uh, those, those next level aspirations alive for him too. You know, there's definitely some Darren Sproles in him, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, maybe slightly shorter, but I mean, similar skill sets. And, you know, uh, if he continues to hone that, uh, you got to You got to figure he's going to continue turning heads, right? Who would have thought, uh, somebody, Somebody out of the L.A. area, I believe, coming out of high school that was overlooked by, you know, the UCLA's, the USC's, some of these bigger programs. And uh, but, you know, credit credit to Rich Rod and his staff. You know, he definitely uh, he, he's done good things. One other thing, and we can leave it at this. It was interesting, and, and credit to uh, Brian Peterson of AZ Desert Swarm here on his article talking about it. Uh, he, he said, uh, and I quote, Taylor heads into 2019 ranked eighth in school history with 2,540 rushing yards. He is 1,699 yards behind career leader Kadeem Carey. Now, I know, uh, I, I know Kadeem Carey was only with the program for three years, and so to think, you know, I, that, that, that just speaks to – I mean, how transcendent he was, you know, within the program, Kadeem Carey, uh, with you know, being the all-time leader and, uh, you know, only having done it in three years. But, uh, you know, J.J. Taylor, he, he's got a real shot here if he stays healthy at being the all-time leader. Yeah, and part of me hopes he's not. Not that he's not <laughs> healthy, but that he doesn't have to carry the ball as often as he did this season, that Arizona has other running backs, maybe even a quarterback, for instance, cough if Khalil Tate comes back, someone who can kind of lessen the load on Taylor, too, because, I mean, he's not going to be the kick returner, I can't imagine, especially if he's your number one running back. But it'd be nice to have him not have to have 30 carries a game, 40 carries like he did in one game, too. Like, that's just not, it's not a healthy thing to have to have him do, but it's just, no, he can. So, you know, the nice thing is, yeah, if he plays four years, it'd be a little bit more than four years because he played a little bit as a true freshman. But if he plays Mm. all four seasons and stays healthy, then if he's not number one on the list, he's going to be right up there. And I think it's a sign of the offense and just how productive he's been. But, you know, I think the most impressive thing, and this isn't to knock him, but obviously a guy of his size, you'd watch him and say he can't be the bell cow. You know, a guy like that can't handle 30 carries, can't handle 40 carries. He's going to get hurt. And it's a credit to him and just how hard he trains and works at to stay healthy because he was that guy for them. And when it was Kadeem Carey, that made sense. He's a big, burly back. He was great at that. Nick Wilson had the size, couldn't stay healthy. Well, J.J. Taylor, outside of a fluke broken leg, has been great. You know, he's been very healthy. So credit to him. And I'd like to think that he'll stay healthy for the next couple of seasons. But I kind of hope he doesn't get enough carries to make a legit run at that at the all-time mark. Unless, of course, he's averaging six yards a carry, in which case, hey, you know, then he could get there, too. Yeah, that uh, would certainly benefit the program, right, if he continues tearing it up like that. Six yards a carry, I'll take it. Uh, So, yeah, closing the book there. Nice, nice little story, right? Obviously, we've touched on plenty of times on 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 our show, Adam, and of course Bryant and Rick and Rick and you know Rob have touched on it too. But uh, obviously, the way that the season ended, it's it's nice to kind of have these little silver linings there at the end. So, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really funny when 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 you think about it. You know, the premier position in in football, right, is is of course the quarterback. So, and and you know, I think just with that, you know, having somebody 
uh, that that's capable like Khalil Tate is, you know, his return being uncertain, what have you. But, you know, if you, if you can somewhat ignore that and focus on what is coming back there, there are some really nice pieces coming back specifically defensively, but you know, JJ Taylor contributes uh, to, to the offensive returning players to, to that production, obviously. And the offensive line, I think should be in uh should be in pretty good shape next year too. Uh, with that though, actually one other piece of news that's worth mentioning, of course, is that Nathan Eldridge, uh, has declared that he will transfer, uh, a- after graduation. So, um, the speculation is, you know, he- he's been in contact with Oregon state. Uh, he can potentially go up there. Uh, but yes, obviously after sitting out last year, uh, with, with some knee injuries that he had, uh, you know, Sumlin, the new staff brought in some guys and, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's just how it goes. I mean, I guess you could say he got Wally pipped a little bit if you want, but, uh, you know, it, he's, uh, all, all the best to him. Adam, is this, I mean, how devastating of a loss is this for us? Uh, not really much of a win. He's yeah. a good player when healthy, but Josh McCauley, the walk-on came in and played very well last season. Yes, he I did. I thought, and <laughs> they got Robert Congle, the guy from Texas A&M, the transfer, he'll be ready to go next season too he'll be eligible so I mean you never like to see talent leave but at the same time uh, this is the type of move where you say okay you know it's it makes sense why he would transfer and I don't think Arizona it's again it's never a good thing when you lose talent but at the same time it's not the end of the world in a loss like this assuming not the other guy the other guys all don't get hurt which knowing Arizona's luck could very well be what happens it's (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but aside from that happening, it's it's the right thing for both sides. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, all all, all the best luck to him. Certainly, uh, nothing but the best. You know, he he stepped in obviously at, at a point in time uh, with the passing of Zach Hemla uh, that just really rocked the season that 2016 season, and he stepped in as a freshman and and just was uh, just 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 displayed very. Uh, admirably uh, just just stepped right in took care of business and uh, almost you know I don't want to say he didn't skip a beat but uh, he 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 really took care of that center position for the next two years and obviously you never want to see somebody get hurt get Wally pipped uh, it may well be the case here but uh, best of luck to you the, the, the best of luck to you there Nathan and uh, who knows he may be returning next year uh, wearing the Oregon State jersey so yeah he may have one more coach up there that would make sense yeah, he, he, he may have uh, one more spin down at uh, Arizona Stadium. So anyway, Adam, I think that's probably good now for football. Again, last reminder for us and Adam, you too, man. I, I know I'm slacking a little bit. I, I need to get all my bull picks in there, too, uh, before Saturday kickoff. You know, why games. do they want us to do this? They saw our record in the weekly picks. They saw our record in our over under for the win totals. And I think they just yeah, want to make us look bad. Yeah, the, I, I, yeah. Clearly, I have zero pulse on what's happening in college football. So, I, I, I listeners, you will not be vying for me uh, with me for first place. I'll leave it at that. Right? Obviously, you'll you'll be competing with anybody not named Ronnie on this podcast. So, um, uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, I'm gonna fill it out, Adam. I, I don't. I have zero pulse on this. All I know is I will be taking Fresno State, though. I like that. Congratulations, <laughs> Michael Barton, and I hope you stick it to the wild or the Wildcats. No way to the sun devils excuse me in in the las vegas bowl so yes so adam moving forward then let's go ahead and jump over to basketball here the utah valley game right um i i tuned into that game uh expecting to watch you know the first half and then maybe call an early night uh no i i got sucked in for the entire game of course and for any for any of those you haven't watched 
uh, didn't watch it or, or haven't kept up on what exactly happened. The outcome of that game, Arizona entered halftime down 12 at home. And it yeah. looked like that. Uh, I mean, that was going to be a really bad loss. And, and for 20 minutes, I mean, it looked like we had zero business even be sniffing a close game towards the end. Adam, what were your takeaways of that first half? Oh God. It's like this coming after the Yukon game and we're feeling pretty good about them. And yeah. then they do that. And you know, it's one of those situations where Arizona, that's the problem with this year's team. They're not so supremely talented to where they can get away with playing bad against mm-hmm. decent basketball teams. You know, their, their margin for error is so much smaller than in years past to where, you know, if you turn the ball over and you don't make shots and you don't rebound the ball well, you're going to get beat. And, you know, Utah Valley's not the worst team that Arizona's going to play this season, so they were making them pay for all the bad things they were doing. But at the same time, I didn't watch that saying, oh, God, Arizona's going to lose this game. It was one of those, Arizona's going to lose this game if they keep playing like this. And didn't expect it to happen for 40 minutes, but for the first 20, yeah, that was about as bad as this team can play, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I'm I'm with you. And honestly, I was thinking that the entire way too. you know, uh, last year's team, for instance, last, last year's team was talented enough to just flip a switch in an instance like that, especially against a, a, a much inferior talent uh, in, in Utah Valley. Something like this happens, you know, this year. And, and, and I frankly think, right, like we are we are a just a hot streak of Brandon Randolph away to potentially really not 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 being able to to, to regain control of that game. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, in, in, in the first like 10 minutes of the game or whatever, I, you know, I, th- I think we had like an early lead. Some, something something reminds me of like a 20 to 16 lead. You know, it wasn't like like a commanding lead, but it was still, you know, you're up, you're, you're hitting shots, you know, you're doing things defensively. Uh, but then th- things just slipped away in those next 10 minutes. And, you know, Brandon Randolph didn't get hot there. I mean, there's really no telling what would have happened now that that was an instance where thank goodness he got hot obviously. And then at that point we were able just to kind of step it up and like, all right, yes, we are more talented. We're at home. The crowd certainly got more into it in the second half too. I noticed, um, it just, it just felt like, yes, like it, it was, it was a nice little second half or halftime motivational speech, something Sean Miller, maybe along the lines of, Hey guys, like get it together. Like there's no way that our non-conference uh, home winning streak is ending <laughs> to Utah Valley. Like right. we worked way too hard for it. Like there's no way. And nobody would have ever guessed that they would have, it sh- shouldn't have even been in jeopardy at that point. But anyway, you know, I think yes, he so- said that he didn't really say anything. They didn't really tear him a new one or anything like that. And just kind of like, Hey guys, Play better. <laughs> Just get Please it together, play better. Guys. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, what do you tell the team in a situation like that? You yeah, know, do you right. say, like, it's not necessarily a game plan thing. It's clearly not a game plan thing. It's a, hey, just pull your heads out of your asses and play better basketball. Right. And if you do that, then you're probably going to win this game. And especially at home. And, yeah, Brandon Randolph getting hot like that helps. It's easy to close the gap when he makes a few threes in a row. But... I think that's one of those situations where it's like, hey, you're the better basketball team. We all know you're the better basketball team. Start playing like it, and the scoreboard will reflect that. And it did, because the second half, as bad as the second half or the first half was, the second half was that much better. Yeah, yeah, right. So they ended about Arizona ended up outscoring uh, the Wolverines of Utah Valley, fifty-one uh, to twenty-eight in that second half. Ended up winning by eleven. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, it it, it was. 
and, and, and this is going to be a theme throughout the season, right? Like if we're struggling uh, and you saw it a little bit in the Alabama game, we'll get to that here momentarily. Um, but, you know, when you're struggling immediately, it's all right. The Brandons need to get going. And Justin Coleman really needs to start running this offense a little bit better here. Right. Like uh, defensively, you know, it's fine. There's only so many things you could do if, if your opponents are hitting shots. Um, you know, obviously, if, if, if they're contested shots, I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. You kind of just have to live with it, um, which is kind of what we saw a little bit in the Alabama game. But, you know, it's staying on point here with with Utah Valley. I mean, it, it, it was just very clear that um, I don't it just seemed kind of disinterested almost in that first half, you know, just not taking it seriously. Maybe some shades of that Buffalo game from the tournament last year. But uh, I guess, Adam, you know, just just skipping through the, the box score here. Chase Jeter had a very quiet night, right? I mean, he had 25 minutes, only four points, nine rebounds. Um, not very memorable, right? No, no. Justin Coleman, Justin Coleman and the Brandons, they, they, they combined for 46 points, which is, I mean, you know, uh, 46 of the 80. I mean, that, that's really the bulk of it. Dylan Smith coming off the bench. Uh, you know, finally, finally seeing some life out of Dylan Smith off the bench. You know, Ryan Luther kicked in seven off the bench as well. Manuel a Acott. game. Good, good bench game. Manuel Acott in the starting lineup once again, solid. Um, you know, Adam, I'm I'm really, really pleased with this whole new starting lineup and Ryan Luther coming off the bench and seeing some seeing signs of life uh, out of Dylan Smith. Yeah, and that's the thing with this lineup. Really, if <coughs> got a cough today, no, really, if if they can get Acott going, and he doesn't have to be great, he just has to be a glue guy, make a couple of shots, maybe it's an open three, get a couple of rebounds, get some assists, and. Him being in the starting lineup seems to work. And, yeah, Luther off the bench. Like, Luther and Smith off the bench, those are two guys who should be decent scorers off the bench. You know, they're not going to be good every single night, but they should be between the two of them. One of them should get you, I don't know, 8 to 10 points at least. So, yeah, this new lineup, at least so far, I know we're going to get to the Alabama game, and it didn't work out so well in that one. But you can see why it makes sense for this team to get Acott in a role where he's not relied upon to score but he's just supposed to be out there, play some defense, do some of the little things. Whereas you have the other guys whose main attribute, you know, Luther's not a great defender. Smith's defense has been better this season, but he's not known for that. These are guys mm-hmm. who are meant to be scorers. You bring them off the bench because you have guys in your starting lineup who are also scorers. Like, it makes sense to me. I like it. Yep. Yeah, I know. De- definitely uh, looking at some other numbers here, right? As a team, they finished 12 of 22 from three uh, as opposed to the six of 26 of Utah Valley. So, you know, and, and most of that, that production came in that like 90 second stretch, whatever it was from, from Brandon Randolph uh, to start the second half, which was just such an injection of life that, that was, you know, I, saying, saying that it was needed is an understatement. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, like, like we touched on uh, what the outcome could have been uh, if, if, if not for those four straight threes. So things uh, they, they pulled together, Adam, I, I, I hope I'm not the only one that, that, um, that was confused by this, but I remember, so I didn't realize until until about seventy five percent of the game had been completed that there were tool that there were two Toolsons on the floor for Utah Valley. <laughs> so I just I, and they looked the same. I wasn't paying much attention to the number. I, I just you know they, they looked so similar on the floor. And every I swear like every other bucket or whatever seemed like you know Toolson or they like were this at the, guy's or, killing or, us right now. Yeah, yeah. So then Connor Toolson goes to the line and they showed at the time that that was like his twelfth point. And I was like twelve. There's no points. way. Like I, 
Like, yeah, there's no way. And then, and then, then, then it registered a couple minutes later. It's like, oh, Jake Toulson. And I guess they're not even brothers, like cousins or something. But yes, the Toulsons combined for 33 points in that game. So that, that makes a lot more sense to me there. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, it, 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 it really pulled together, right? Obviously, we out rebounded them 36 to 20 uh, to 26 assists, right? Shots started dropping 16 to their nine. Uh, you know, steals about even blocks, whatever. But, you know, turnovers, a couple more turnovers. And that also happened in that first half, too, was it just kind of sloppy play all around. Yeah, it's, it's like a hangover from the UConn game, maybe. Maybe it was some disinterest or thinking they could just show up and beat them. And this team is not good enough to play like that. With no. that kind of mindset and that's something that you'd like to think they know but they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves after the UConn game I know we were feeling good about them because like yeah their only two losses were to top 10 type teams right Gonzaga was number one so you know maybe Arizona is a good basketball team and I think they are but they can't think that because they're not so good to where they can play disinterested and win yeah, they don't mm-hmm. have a huge size advantage like they did last year. They don't have the athleticism advantage like they did in some other years. They don't have the lockdown defenders like some of the other teams had too. Like this is a team that it has to be greater than the you know the sum of its parts has to be greater than the individual. I guess if that's the right way to make that to make that cliche or phrase, I don't think it is. But like that's how this <laughs> team has to be. There's a lot of pretty good to very good players on it, but not one single dominant guy who can just carry them game in game out and through stretches like that. So they have to play well. They have to play hard, otherwise they're going to struggle. And we saw that in the first half of that game. Obviously, they turned it around in the second. But, you know, they have to play 40 minutes of good basketball to beat good teams. Yes, yes, definitely. It, it, it certainly felt like uh, the hangover, whatever you want to call it, 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 it was clear that they overlooked Utah Valley and were looking ahead to the Tuscaloosa trip. Uh, and luckily, they were able to to pull together. But, no, we uh, – it, this Wildcats team is certainly not good enough to to do it to let's say like a, another Power Five school. Like the the first thing that came to mind, like if if that were to happen against Oregon State, Oregon State would would simply beat us, right? Like in that instance, like I, I don't I don't think that this team is talented enough to do that. So um, you know, so be it. Hey, they 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 pulled away late. They 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 took control of that game. Really, not even that long. Uh, maybe like five, six minutes into the second half, you know, it seemed like they really took control of that game and just really never looked back. And again, the final score, 80 to 69, uh, Adam. So let's go ahead and jump to the Alabama game then. Right. So, uh, that showdown was the second half of the home and home of the, uh, of, or the rematch, if you will, with the Colin Sexton game of last year, mm-hmm. slow start. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's, and I guess I don't even know if slow start actually is the right term because, you know, we, 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 it seemed like what they, they got up kind of, you know, some, some like a 12, eight, you know, it seemed like they were hitting their shots. Alabama was not. And then all of a sudden Alabama talk about flipping a switch. Uh, they just went on a tear. I think it was like a 22 two run, something like that. Um, just absolutely seized control of that game ended up. Uh, and ended up, I think they went up like 19 points, right? Yeah. In the first half, uh, Arizona, they, they were able to battle back a little bit, close the gap to just a nine point deficit at halftime. The halftime score 39, 30, um, uh, takeaways from, from that first half, Adam. Well, the takeaway is obviously, as we all know, 19 point leads are not insurmountable. Yes. So, <laughs> for better or worse, we understand that, but you know, it was one of those, like Arizona got to a decent start. I thought it looked like they, were interested to get into the game. You know, the travel didn't bother them. The early start time didn't bother them. They were playing well and then just fell apart. 
because there was a stretch where they couldn't make a shot. They were giving up open looks, and of course Alabama was making, it seemed like, every single shot. Open threes they were hitting, and you know, it was one of those where Arizona looked like they were in danger of getting run off the floor, even though you're like, this is Alabama. You know, they had just mm-hmm. lost a game. Who was it to Georgia Southern or something like that? Or, yeah. you know, you're like, and they blew a big lead in that one too. So you knew Arizona wasn't out of it, but it's like, wow, they're, that was a really bad first half outside of, you know, they closed it and got it within nine at halftime. Like, okay, things are starting to turn around, but that was a really big hole to have to try to dig yourself out of on the road. And you did wonder, okay, Arizona's probably better than Alabama, but that's a lot to ask of them to come back from that game. But that first half was just, not the entire 20 minutes was bad, but the portion of it was, you know, the 10 minutes or so that was bad was really, really bad. It's really frustrating, and, and this is going to be the theme all year. I get it. You know, almost, I guess, just chalk it up to like a 3 and D team. Um, but in those instances, you know, when it's like we just desperately need a bucket and they settle for threes just because, you know, we're trying so hard to claw back into the game. Um, you know, I, I guess I, it's just like we – we have Derek Jeter or Derek Jeter, Chase Jeter down there, right? Chase Jeter uh, was is, is such a valuable presence down low. He's so he's got he's just that that finesse, great footwork. You know, he's really smooth down low. Mm-hmm. It, it may look a little unconventional at times, but I mean, he is very effective, right? That's fine. Um, but but it's, it just feels like sometimes when you're just in such desperate need of just a bucket, just give it two points. And we settle for some threes where, you know, Brandon Randolph, I know he shoots it very efficiently, right? Like, I know he has probably, I mean, not even probably, he is the best three-point shooter on the team. Like, let's just say it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that shot selection for him. Brandon Williams, I guess so, too. But it's just really frustrating when they settle for threes, when it's like, just, just give me two points, man. You know, and I, I, I I'm going to have some heartburn over that this year. I think I, I don't know how much more I'm going to be able to handle of it. Well, to the extent that this team will only, it, it reaches its ceiling when the Brandons are shooting threes, right? It's when they're making threes anyway. So, you know, I don't remember thinking too many of them were terrible shots other than the fact that, Hey, if you worked it around a little bit more, maybe you find something better. Yeah. But I don't remember too many. Where I'm like, dude, what, come on, man, what are you thinking? And, that's because I'm more willing to be like, hey, it's wide open, take it. But that doesn't mean they couldn't pass the ball around a couple of times and see if there's something better out there. But you know, the problem with Jeter, and I think, I don't know if this is how they see it, he's a very good player, but he's not a dominant low post scorer. So there's not mm-hmm. this concerted effort all the time to get him the ball. Like last year with Aiton, it's like if he doesn't touch the ball down low, Arizona did something incredibly wrong. I don't know if there's that same mindset with Jeter, and I'm not sure there should be. But there are certainly times where he has an advantage down low. He's playing well. Get him the ball. And we did see that more in the second half of this game. Yeah, definitely. They the the offense really came together and, and you know, as we said, you know, really from that nineteen point deficit from that point forward, I mean it was really I don't want to say all Arizona Wildcats, but it but it was certainly uh they, they were tipping the scale in their favor, right? I mean that that game as as frustrating as it is, and of course the final score was seventy six seventy three. Uh Alabama it, it it was so frustrating in the sense that um, the 19 point deficit occurred, uh, but but not even so much that as it was it was just there for the taking and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, specifically on that last possession for Alabama, which ended up being just like this extended possession because they got that mondo just this monster offensive rebound in a situation where it was, you know, like, I think like 34 seconds left or whatever, or actually may have even been under 30 seconds at that point. Um, you know, they, 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 they get that extra possession. 
drain the clock, of course, and then uh, they hit that big three pointer. And at that point, you know, yes, Dylan uh, Brandon Brandon Randolph does a great job. You know, Justin Coleman getting up the getting up the floor, just kicking it back to Brandon Coleman from like twenty six feet, something crazy. Just drains it. Then the foul game happens, and and credit to Vegas actually because the final line on this game was Alabama minus three. It still blows my mind that they can do this, <laughs> but uh, yeah, complete side notes. I I, I I digress there, but um, yeah, I guess you know the the biggest takeaway from this one for me uh is okay yes they they fought their way back in right they easily could have folded up shop on the road that bama crowd too was 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 a little bit they were rocking like it, it wasn't it wasn't the hartford crowd for the yukon game but it was still it was still pretty rocking in there so you know hats off to them for that uh but another tough environment they were challenged they didn't fold up shop when they definitely could have uh they fought back all the way and then you know just it just just wasn't enough uh, we're, we're going to ride and die with, with the Brandons and, uh, hats off to chase Jeter too. I mean, chase Jeter had a very good game, 19 points, nine rebounds. The Brandons combined for 33 points, Justin Coleman, his return to, to Tuscaloosa and his return somewhat underwhelming, I guess. Right. I mean, he, he did the a lot turnovers of stuff for the issue here. The turnovers are bad. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to put it, I guess. Right. You know, he finishes with eight points, uh, five rebounds, six assists, three steals in 35 minutes. But those five uh, those five turnovers and in the foul trouble, I mean, that that really probably uh, probably did it for him in this one. Yeah. And that's the thing like this. You look at the box score. And obviously, we watched the game and you kind of have an idea of how it went. And it was close, not always as close as the score would indicate, but it was also there for the taking. But the box score doesn't look awful for Arizona in most spots. Jeter, Randolph, and Williams all had very good games overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Coleman wasn't terrible. Six, six assists, five boards, but did have the five turnovers. Acott made a couple of shots, had five rebounds. Not much from the bench on this one. No. Luther, I thought, had a, one of his worst games. He rebounded okay, but his offense was just missing some good looks, turned the ball over a couple of times. Ira Lee was his usual turnover foul for himself. And, we'll, get to a little, you know. we'll get to that more here in a sec. But, but yeah, keep so going. This, Sorry. It wasn't Arizona's best effort overall, but really got out-rebounded by two, only had 11 turnovers overall, which is a very good number on the road. Made nine threes, nine of 24, not bad. But, you know, six of nine from the free throw line, not nearly enough, especially when Alabama goes to the free throw line 28 times. But this is just one of those games where Arizona, they weren't good, I don't think. They weren't bad, but they certainly weren't good, or at least not good enough to win on the road, even against a very average Alabama team. And did just enough wrong things, especially those offensive rebounds at the end that they gave up. There was that offensive rebound dunk that Arizona gave up to that I thought changed the entire uh, in the last couple mm-hmm. of minutes. But... Those are the things where Arizona, without that size, without a DeAndre Ayton, without a Dusan Ristich, without a Caleb Tarzewski, as much as we all like Chase Jeter, he's not those guys on the glass. So they have to yeah. have a team mentality when it comes to rebounding. And I don't know if they wore down because the bench didn't do much for them and they had to spend all that energy coming back from the big deficit. But either way, this is a team that just ran out of gas late and it cost them. Yeah, you know, Dylan Smith played some major minutes. He he, he recorded the most minutes, actually, of, of, of all the bench guys uh, in this one with 23. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he registered zero points, right? So he, he had uh, three personal fouls. Four rebounds, and I remember one of them being, you know, in, in a pretty, uh, pretty solid. I guess I don't want to use the word clutch on it, but but just a pretty opportune time, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, Ryan Luther, I agree. I mean, this was um, it's definitely one of the worst ones he had. I mean, I know that. Uh, 
I know the Auburn game uh, was one that he probably wants to scrub from his memory then too. But you know, in this one, 19 points, four rebound, or excuse me, four, uh, excuse me, 19 minutes, four points, six rebounds, you know, not, not horrible. Just, um, it's just not, uh, it's not necessarily what we expect to see out of him, I guess. But uh, Adam, you, you touched on Ira Lee there. And, and I think that we could probably just leave it at this as far as the, so if, if you look at the last two games for Ira Lee, he has recorded 13 minutes. Okay. He had, he had five minutes in the Alabama game and he had eight minutes in the Utah Valley game. In those 13 minutes, he has recorded one field goal, just two points, one rebound, and he has six turnovers and two personal fouls. Adam, it, it's getting to the point, and, and, and I think that you know his, his minute reduction or, or just even absence in the second half, uh, I don't even remember him playing in the second half, So, but let's just say his absence in the second half of the Alabama game, uh, it, it, it seems like, like there's no longer a short leash. It almost just feels like there's really not even much of a leash at all, I, I would say, Friarly. And um, I, I guess uh, my question to you, Adam, is, I mean, how much longer can, can we put up with this? He's obviously important to the team because without him, we're super small. But I'm almost to the point where just put ACOT at four. Like, if we can't have Luther on the floor, like, just put ACOT at four. At yeah, four. but the problem is you just, this team can't afford to get much smaller. And everybody's all upset about Ira Lee getting a lot of minutes. And I get it. He's been a turnover machine, doesn't really provide much offensively. But he's a type of guy, at least he's size. And, yeah, if ACOT ends up at the four, then you just this team's becoming smaller. And, you know, we saw they struggled on the glass against Alabama. It's just it's not helpful, and that's the reality for this team. They could use one more really good, consistent big, and that's what Luther was supposed to be. And for the most part, he's been a decent player for them, but he's not an athletic super strong. I mean, he's strong, but he's not an athletic big who dominates the way a big guy could. So... You know, for as much as people are down on Ira Lee, and I get it because he's been underwhelming to me, they need him. I think Miller said that, too. He's like, they they need him out there. He's one of those guys. He provides them rebounding energy and all that, and they need every bit of that. But it's a shame because they need every bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 it really is a shame coming into this season, right, because you expect there were flashes last year of it, right? I mean, there was just, um, you know, I remember last year it was really there, there, there was, let, let's just say like 10 minutes a game or like 12 minutes a game that were carved out for the Keanu Pinder or, or Ira Lee, right? It seemed like there was a set, uh, set bank of minutes that was set aside. Didn't matter who, but you know, you saw it was pretty balanced. You know, whatever those minutes were, it seemed pretty balanced between Keanu Pinder and Ira Lee. And when you saw Ira Lee on the, on, on, on the floor, you knew that he was, I mean, much more, skilled like or, or i don't even want to say much more skilled it, it was almost like you know I, I guess like a higher ceiling for him right i mean mm-hmm. like he just checks so many boxes physically uh just super athletic but for I, he just hasn't taken a step forward you know and no. i don't want to bang on it too much because it's, it's obvious for everybody that's watching but uh it's it just it, it's just been really frustrating and and you're right i mean we do need him right because without i mean th- th- think about it without chase jeter without chase jeter Good Lord. I mean, we're already like such a small team in that in that front. But, you know, uh, you know, he, he's six, nine or whatever, six, six, seven, six, eight, somewhere in that range. And, you know, he plays a lot bigger than that. Right. Because he can jump out of the building, it seems. But uh, he's just got to play smarter. I mean, that's all it is, you know, and, and at this point, too, it almost feels a little bit like a mental game, like some of those turnovers where there's a perfect entry pass and his you know, one, one of his he's got like his right foot 
on the baseline when he catches it. You know, like these are just a lot of like mental, just like get back to like fundamentally just position yourself better in those type of situations, yeah. you know, or like Careless like the travels, travels, you know, just like little stuff. It's like it's definitely correctable, but it's just so frustrating. Yeah, and that and this you wish it wouldn't happen this point in the season, this point in the career, but yeah. that's just kind of the way it is. And those that's the the no margin for error that this team has. You know, mm-hmm. like it's we're so used to seeing Arizona teams are just dominant players, all these lottery picks who where if one guy was off, that's okay. They had enough talent to make up for it. And this team just doesn't have that. And you need your guys, and especially the bigs, you need Ryan Luther. He's a veteran. He shouldn't be making mistakes. Ira Lee, at this point, you'd like to see him stop making the mistakes that he makes. So it's just a situation, too, where this team's so short on big guys to where they have to play and they need to be better. Because Arizona doesn't have anyone else to turn to. If you know if Acott struggles, if Randolph struggles, they can go to uh, Dutrieve or Dylan Smith can get some minutes. You know you have other guys who can get the time, but with the bigs, they're so thin up front to where it's like that's the that's what you got. That's what you got to play with, and just hope that these guys get better. Were you surprised that we didn't see Dutrieve at, at, at all during that run uh, when Alabama you know, went up nineteen and we just couldn't buy a bucket? It seemed. Not really. It's, his, as far as I've read and understand, his defense is still very much a work in progress. And, I mean, it's, was he going to bring a bench Randolph? You needed him to get going. Were you going to bench Acott Williams? Like, Acott was having a decent game, I thought. So, no, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me when Dutrieff doesn't get the minutes right now. But I would like to think, from what we've seen of him, that by the time the season's over, he'll have some role where if Barcelo's only good for two minutes, if Dylan Smith's 0 for 3, then maybe... Dutrieff can get a shot out there to see if he can provide some sort of spark. It's fair. Yeah. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn on that one. Right. I mean, I guess the other thing too, it's like, it's kind of, I kind of almost feel silly for saying that I'm torn on it just because we haven't seen enough of him. And when we have seen him, it was somewhat garbage time, you know, so I don't want to put too much faith in, you know, Oh, plug him in, you know, on the road uh, against, against another power five school, you know, in that situation. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, uh, continuing to watch, you know, just this whole Devin Air uh, Dutrieve experiments or or lack thereof, I guess. I I don't know, but um, yeah. So I don't I don't know, Adam. You know, obviously the bottom line, there, there are some some positive takeaways in, in this game, as mentioned, and uh, you know, you know what's done is done. Lose by thirty, you lose by three. I mean, it's still a loss, right? It's just how you how you uh, regroup and move forward on to the next one. And the next one is going to be the Baylor Bears, right? So this week, Adam, we only have the one game. Baylor comes to Tucson. Uh, this is a situation uh, where, where Baylor uh, is five and three. You know, Baylor over the last couple years, last few years or so, they, they've they've had a pretty strong. Uh, basketball program, super athletic. Uh, four four of their top five scorers are guards, so that 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 makes me feel okay in <laughs> that front, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the the guards, our guard play, Arizona's guard play is is certainly the strong suit of this team. Uh, and you know, beyond a uh, Flo Thamba, who is a six ten forward freshman for. For Baylor, they don't have much size. No, uh, Trist, Tristan Clark checks in at six nine, and that's going to be. Oh, I guess Matthew Mayer too. Uh, Matthew Mayer gets. Uh, he's, he's seen some action coming off the bench, but uh, Trist, Tristan Clark, uh, their six nine forward, starting starting forward there, twenty seven minutes a game, second leading scorer. I guess you say tied for first, thirteen point six a game. It'll be interesting to see, you know, just uh, how we handle something like that. You know, just 
clearly just one big guy, like like one. Well, how how should I put this better? That that was pretty sloppy. So <laughs> it was like I, I, I that guy. Sorry guys, so, sorry listeners. That that looked uh, it sounded a lot like how Arizona looked in that first half of that Bama game. I'm going to say not um, always at your best. None of us. No, are. No, no, no. It's it's tough, man. It's tough, but uh, yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see, you know, a, a skilled big, just clearly one of them. You know, if if there's going to be some small ball thrown at us, how we react to that. Obviously, I would imagine a Chase Jeter uh, would have to come out of the game, and that's where you could maybe see, you know, Ira Lee comes home, kind of gets a grip on things. Hopefully, he gets plugged in uh, and starts turning things around a little bit. But it'll be nice to see some strong guard play against our strong guard play, power five opponent, and uh, kind of just see. See where we are, right? I mean, was this this is going to be the uh, the eleventh game of the year already, which is crazy to think. But uh, yeah, eleven games in, so we'll know we'll we'll know a little bit more on Saturday night. Yeah, and it, it's a big game, and that's where I don't. And a normal year, the Alabama loss wouldn't be such a devastating thing because I mean, granted, now we're now Alabama fans, right? We want them to do well. We need that to not yeah. be a bad loss. But Arizona, we knew that their March, like their non-conference schedule was okay this year. It helped to play Gonzaga. It helped to play Auburn. would have been even more helpful to beat either one of those teams, but that wasn't going to happen. But just with as weak as the Pac-12 looks right now, we don't know what it's going to take for Arizona to make the tournament, how many wins they have to get to, and which, especially which wins it has to be. But this is a game where you can't afford to lose it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for better or worse, you cannot lose this game no. to uh, to Baylor, and they're a decent basketball team. Arizona should be better than them at home, but it's it's a big game now. Whereas if Arizona, if Arizona wins out in the non conference, you're now ten and three going into conference going into conference play. That's not bad. That's probably about no. what we expected them to be at at this point. But still, that doesn't mean it's going to be enough to make the tournament. Depending on how the Pac twelve schedule goes for them so it's a big game in that regard against a decent team but you can't lose this game at home the home winning streak has to continue right it shouldn't yes end to a team like this but that's where this team's at and I think I was reading some stuff on this and it makes sense you know these two game weeks all the travel they've had there's just the one game this week they've had the entire week to kind of learn from the last game prepare for this one I'd like to think they'll come out playing solid if not inspired basketball on Saturday, but it's a late tip off, I know, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. But it just, you want to see that growth from them. And I think that's the case all season long, but especially from the Alabama game to this game, you want to see the mistakes that they made against Alabama. Maybe it won't be an issue against Baylor because Baylor's not as big a team as Alabama. And of course, they're at home now as opposed to being on the road. But you want to see that improvement. You want to see that they did learn from that last game and they're a little bit better now for it because even if they beat Baylor, if it's kind of like, uh, the previous game, you know, the Utah Valley game, then it's like, well, that's you got to play well. You know, just mm-hmm. getting by isn't enough. You want to see them play well because after this, the next two games, Montana, you know, it's not a great non-conference schedule after Baylor. And then, of course, we know the Pac-12 probably doesn't offer much in the way of good wins so or even really strong challenges for you win that game, you're a good team. So you want to see them play well in this game. A nice 40 minutes of hard-nosed basketball, rebound the ball, get good offense and play some defense. Yeah, it's uh you you touched on something there, you know, if, if you win this one, obviously hopefully you take care of business against Montana, UC Davis, finish up non-conference 10 and 3. You know, typically that magic number uh in terms of of wins to get into the postseason 
I, I feel like it's around that like 21, 22 mark, right? So if you take care of business here, uh, presumably against, you know, somewhat of a quality opponent, you, you would imagine, you know, the big 12 is, is, is typically pretty solid in basketball. I don't think that they're having a very down year, right? I mean, they, they have uh, Kansas who's always up there if, you know, Baylor plays Kansas twice and, and they take care of Kansas once, you know, that, that does wonders for this situation. You know, Oklahoma state's always somebody that, uh, that typically does well. Texas is hopefully on the upswing for their sake and shock is smart. But, uh, yeah, you know, if, if you get to 10 wins through non-conference, right, you, you set yourself up to a situation where you have 18 more guaranteed games, and then you'll have at least one more in, in the Pac-12 tournament, right? So you have 19 more games to hopefully hit that magic number. And, of course, the quality of wins matter too, right? You know, if, if you beat Cal twice, but then you lose to, you know, ASU twice, you know, how quality, you know, does that really, it all bounces out? Probably not, right? Like, you, you have to, you still have to get those quality wins somewhere along the way. But uh, you got to feel somewhat solid, right, with, with, with the win over Iowa State, with the win over UConn on the road, close-fought game in Alabama. I, I don't like giving credit for a loss, though, right? So that's kind of you know, whatever there. But uh, this, this, this would be a nice one with Baylor. Yeah, and like you say, close loss to Alabama. And having watched this team for 10 games, and maybe it's the expectations we went into this season with, but I don't feel bad about them. No. We've seen worse Arizona basketball teams. This is a decent team. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the conference play, we have to see, one, just how good everyone else is. Is ASU going to be as good as they've looked? I think they're a decent team. Oregon will probably get better than they have been. They have to, right? They will. Washington's yeah, going to be a tough out. Oregon State's been pretty good. UCLA has talent. Colorado, of course, they're 8-1 right now. We don't know where the Wildcats slot in, but, yeah, you get your, if you get to 10 wins, you have your 18 does going 12 and 6 in the conference that doesn't win you the conference I'm sure of that but does 22 wins maybe 23 with a win in the Pac-12 tournament is that enough to make the dance with Could the be. way we think in the Pac-12 is going to look maybe not you know? so that's there, there's going to be a lot tough. more to see yeah yeah mm-hmm. and they have to do well by the metrics but I think if anyone again we don't we'd have to go back and listen to what we thought our expectations were before the season but 7 and 3 at this point 10 and 3 non-conference is not going to be all that of a train wreck for them, other than the fact that, okay, now you need the Pac-12 to be pretty good, and you need to be in the top half of that, preferably top two or three. And I I think what we're seeing is this team has the talent to compete with most teams, probably with everyone they're going to see in the Pac-12, but that doesn't mean they have enough talent to beat them, especially if they don't play well, hit their shots. So, you know, I'm excited to see this season play out, but it's also, this is a big non-conference game that they're about to play, and... Hopefully they look good. That would be ideal. But mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where this team will have limited opportunity. Like last year, we knew even when they struggled early on in the Bahamas, like this team's going to make the tournament. There's no way they yeah. do. This year's team, we don't have that. I don't think we should have that same confidence. But there's certainly the chance that as things go on, they'll be fine. You know, yes. and we'll see what they want. If they get to 22, 23, 24 wins, if some of those over are good teams, maybe an ASU, maybe a win over Oregon, you know, yeah, maybe you do have enough to get in. And you can't worry about that now, but that's where a loss to a team like Alabama, you do have to worry about that. You know, sure. that win maybe, along with a pretty good conference slate, gets you in. That being a loss, that might be the one that keeps you out. Just as we sit, we're recording on December 12th. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot more has to shake out. Uh, I do want to 
We'll end it here on this one. We're coming up to that hour mark here, I think. So, uh, Adam, let, let, let's go ahead and end it here. So, uh, Ryan of AZ, AZ Desert Storm, he, um, he, he, had a, he had a funny tweet during the Utah Valley game, uh, and he said, this was Arizona's starting lineup the last time it lost a home non-conference game. The Wildcats fell to San Diego State 61-57 on November 23rd, 2011. That starting lineup, Adam? Kyle Fogg, Solomon Hill, Jesse Perry, Jordan Mays, Kirill Natiasko. So I have to ask you, right? I mean, for for the sake of of starting your best players, uh, I you know I, I think probably Ryan Luther would get the edge over Acot. Just it seems like he's he's more well rounded. Acot certainly has been making the most of his increase in playing time. But I mean, whoever you want to plug in there, I mean, Adam Wright, like th- this starting five on this team is certainly better than that starting five. The, the last time there was a, a non-conference home loss, right? Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like we've just because we've seen better Arizona teams doesn't mean we haven't seen worse Arizona teams too. And that's where this team, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that was a death by inches here. Was that the team that missed the tournament? Yeah, lost like Bucknell or something Darren at Williams home. Here. Yeah, and that's just a yeah. situation where. You know, it just wasn't as good of a basketball team. They were very lacking in certain areas. So, no, this this team is better. But that doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, the end result's going to be altogether different. But, no, I'd sure. rather have this team. This team's at least more fun. Yeah, and it's certainly more talented, right? Just because the brand offs, uh, the brand offs, the, the brand Brandons off, alone. I like that. <laughs> the yeah, we'll have to think of some hybrid name there. To, to the, the Brandons is uh, yeah, it's got kind of lame. It's kind of funny, I guess. It's almost like a sitcom on like ABC or something. But yeah, we got to think of some kind of uh, some hybrid for. But yeah, I mean, just those two guys alone. I mean, those two guys alone are easily. You know, Solomon Hill is obviously he, he's in he's in the league. Um, different skill set different position too i mean kyle fogg has really made a name for himself on the international professional uh landscape but i mean brandon and brando i mean those two guys that they they are i think just way more talented than, than any one of those five starters uh krill oh, yeah. included oh, on that God, right krill so, <laughs> <laughs> a name a name i swear i would never say again but um yeah Yet so, here we uh, are here we are here we are seven years later talking about it so all right, Adam, I think that that's pretty solid right now, right? Yeah, obviously, uh, for, for all the listeners, yes, please uh, make sure you get all your bowl picks uh, updated in the system. Keep in mind, uh, reference uh, re- reference Bryant's email on the time limit, though. I, you know, minutes before being able to, minutes before kickoff, being able to switch switch your pick, change your mind, what have you. Uh, but yes, make, make sure you go get in there. Adam, that includes you too. Make sure you get all your picks in there. I'm going to do mine tomorrow. Uh, just, and then hopefully I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm just going to submit them. And hopefully that'll be the end of football season as I know it this year. So move forward, I guess. Right. So <laughs> that's all you can do. <laughs> that's all you can do. Right. So move forward, just like move on from the Alabama game. So of course, yep. On ESPN two Saturday night, Arizona time, 9 PM. That, that's brutal, but you know, we'll be watching. So, uh, and, until next time, bear down.